Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the next episode of Bibliostapes in Discussion. Uh, this evening, I am joined by Richard Ernie, who's a photographer based down in London and is best known probably for his Warped Topographies series. Good evening, Richard. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well in yourself. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm mightily relieved because the books finally arrived today and now I can begin to send them out. So I think there's uh, 50 excited people. Indeed, Actually, I, 48 excited people because I think two people have ordered it twice. <laughs> a, a Sunday best, as they say, just to keep, yeah, yeah. keep one keep one in the, the nice cellophane wrapper for when <laughs> their value uh, quadruples along the likes of uh, Mr. Kenny, etc. Well, uh, maybe. <laughs> you, cannot, you, can, you can but dream. So, yeah, so for most people, um, you will probably be listening to this after you have received your copy of Warp Topographies, which is... Uh, number two which is Richard's new book that's coming out so um, just be interested if you can maybe give a brief introduction to yourself Richard before we start talking about your new book. Yeah so I've been essentially taking photographs or making photographs since I was 11 which is quite a long time ago now because I'm a few years in my 50s um, <clears throat> and it was partly because I was, I was introduced to um, a camera when by my dad because he although he was disabled he loved to take photos and he used to do it all the time he wasn't sort of severely disabled he used to walk yep. around on sticks and do things um but he was really into photography and had been for years and he um he saw me very bored in a field in france because we were on holiday somewhere and i was probably at my at a loose end being being a sort of 11 year old of you know whilst I probably would be receptive to these things, I didn't actually, <clears throat> I'd never taken photos. I wasn't necessarily particularly sort of artistic. Although yep. my, my parent, my, well, my mother was a, uh, went to art school and you know, there, were, there were people who, who were creative within the family. I, I didn't particularly, at the age of 11, you know what do you think of yourself at the age of 11 I certainly didn't think of myself as a creative personal photographer yeah um so he spent you know half an hour or so because he took pity on me discussing you know or just telling me all about our camera how it worked yeah you know what it, what what focusing was what apertures were and essentially he said well go off into the field for the afternoon and, and come back with something. Now, this was obviously in the days of film, so coming back with something did not mean the same thing as it does now. Yes. But it, um, it really sort of uh, was, a, was a magical experience because I was in this field, there were loads of insects and butterflies, and I had a macro lens, as it happened, and I took loads of photos, which, some of which probably were fine, you know, when they came out, but yep. you know, plenty were of those moments where you just got the butterfly into focus and you click the shutter as it's flown off Flight. and there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was with this uh, Minolta SRT 101, which I still have somewhere up on my, on my shelves. It's, um, it, it's sort of a beautifully chunky mechanical camera. Um, it still works because I've had it serviced and, yeah. you know, still love it. And um, it kind of just got me hooked and, and, Although, you know, when I then went back to school and there were art lessons, my art teacher didn't didn't get the fact that I quite liked diagramming and I quite liked photography. He was only interested if you could paint and draw. Yeah. You're almost like a sort of, you know, Botticelli yes. at the time of, at the age of 11 or 12. And um, he dismissed it. And as it happened, the, the diagram of the diagramming eventually turned into being me being a graphic designer yes. and the photography obviously has carried on as a thing. Yep. And I, for years, I just, you know, took, took photographs and, and did all sorts of things, lots of macro photography. Um, <clears throat> and I suppose it was, you know, it just came about that I got more and more into it as I, as I got older and I probably had a little bit more purchasing power and eventually, um, started to take it seriously. I joined the Royal Photographic Society yep. um, and I did the licensorship, which is a distinction you can get where you have to produce 10 images that somehow show your photographic qualities. Yes. But then I kind of sort of, I suppose I hit a, hit a bit of an impasse and didn't really go anywhere, but was still really sort of into photography. But then I think it took 
perhaps 10, 12 years, and I decided to go for the next stage. But it was a sort of slow process, and it, you know, I, I tried different projects to try and get yeah. to the associateship, which is the, the second level. level. And the associateship yeah. is, is not an easy thing to get, 15 images sort of in a category on the same thing. And then, you know, sooner or later, I finally got there. And then, you know, you reach the end of a you reach the end of a project as it was in yes. this case, and I was probably a bit lost. And I went to um, Iceland for my fiftieth birthday treat, as it were. It was February, so it was you know it was quite cold. We were on the Staffelnes Peninsula, and it was very snowy and very you know very beautiful and very cold. Yes. Um, uh, you know, got to see the Northern Lights finally, and all all the things that go with Take box winter. stuff. Yeah, all the, you know, but it is an amazing landscape and it's, you know, whilst there are obviously, there are, um, you know, amazing places that you can go to and you can say, oh yeah, that's a tourist destination. This, this was quite, you know, we were essentially one of the last houses on the peninsula. Beautiful. And, you know, we came, we came across people who were, you know, we seemed to come across some um, uh, strangely young young women one one was single one one was a you know uh, there were a couple of couple of women who who would be driving these two wheel uh two wheel drive suzuki uh, suzuki swifts i think they were yeah uh, and they got snuck stuck on the snow and luckily we were able to help them <laughs> second time because i had a shovel in the boot because yes. anyway i came back from iceland and I, I i did get some images that i was quite proud of but i also sort of had reached because it's such an intense place and I think it was the third time I'd been there I had reached a bit of an impasse in terms of uh, I suppose of saturation overload of, of, of Iceland and overload of using yeah. digital cameras I'd also had a little sort of issue where I thought I'd lost some images there and, and that was like a sort of a nightmare process trying to sort of rescue them via a 2G 3G uh, yeah. phone signal and, and speaking to somebody in in the the card rescue company and he was very he was very good very calming and, and we got there I got I got the got there in the end. Um, but I kind of reached an impasse and I suppose there was this image that was Polaroid which uh, appears in the book actually as it's called Warp Topography Zero now because it's it's kind of like the genesis of the image yeah and it was um, it was this weird Polaroid and I'd taken it with um, what I then found, you know, didn't know at the time, but then found out afterwards was a faulty Polaroid camera and it churned out this image and created this strange blob-like image, um, which I really liked, but I, I was kind of disappointed at the time because, you know, I've, I've got this Polaroid camera and I've, I've, I've ended up with something rubbish. You know? Yes, it doesn't work properly. Yeah, and you think, you know, at the time you think because it's because you're sort of keyed up. And it was my first picture, my first Polaroid that I could remember. Although later, yep. I think I remember using one as a kid, yep. one of those peel apart ones. Yes. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it's just one of those images that it was intriguing, but it stuck around. And I, I'm not the tidiest person on my desk would sort of disappear for months and then reappear and re yeah. disappear and reappear. And then it got to the, shortly after the, uh, the Iceland trip, I, after I got back and found it again, I thought, oh, this is really fascinating. I love this image and it keeps appearing. There must be something about it. And I, I kind of, I suppose I was ignorant about the history of Polaroid and I, uh, and, and the sort of, the, you know, the, the cultural significance of it. I, can't, I suppose we all knew it from, uh, you know, the famous line in the song, shake it like a Polaroid picture. And yes. of course, you're not, you're not supposed to sh shake it like a Polaroid picture. But I always thought, well, what happens if you do? What, do. What's the problem with doing that? Uh, and in, in a way, these, all these sort of things came together. I read, um, uh, I can't remember the actual name of the book, but it's by Christopher Bonneros. And it's, it's, it's about the history of Polaroid. And the whole thing fascinated me because Edwin Land was a, you know, was a genius. I mean, he, he's a bit like the, Steve Jobs back then, you know, he, yes. the ability to sort of see things and, and work out where them, what the market might have wanted, and but and essentially, lies. yeah, and essentially, I think instant photography was probably 
in a way the digital photography of its day because it um it was the closest thing to the to instant you, know, yeah. you could yeah. you could take a picture and you could see what it was yeah you weren't waiting for the labs to come back with yeah your, with your yeah and then school. you know compare that with my 11 year old self and i had to wait not until not only to the end of the end of the holiday yeah. but the films had to be sent off and then they had to come back and, yes and then i'd see whether i succeeded or failed with this book yeah um so this photo meant something and and i started to think well how do i i suppose how do i recreate it how do i sort of um how do i sort of find out more about it so i you know i did loads of research and i did loads of um you know sort of playing around with things and trying different methods and things yeah. like that and i came across some work um this guy called uh, he's on uh instagram he's called florin florin tintin uh and i asked him because he he did something that wasn't quite the same but it's more like the the stuff that you've seen in the books that yeah i've done on instagram where things are shriveled and warped and all the rest yeah. and but he he sort of applied a light touch to it and he still still does he often shows images through through his thing and i i you know i asked him i said i'm really fascinated by this process you know what do you do and and he was fine and he said yeah yeah you just you know i soak it in water or i soak it in in chemicals or liquids or you know there's all sorts of things you can dry it yeah. yeah i mean i've tried copper sulfate i've tried um, coca-cola i've tried weed killer i've tried a bit of bleach you know there's all sorts of you know you can just try essentially anything that's a liquid yeah. uh, and he said you yeah, know go, go for it and so i started doing them, but mine mine ended up i suppose more <clears throat> perhaps more extreme or you know much more abstract yes and um and i suppose eventually this this project you know kept going on and on and on i was amassing several hundred images so i think i'm yep. nearly up to a thousand now but, um and of course it costs a fair amount of money <laughs> it's well not, that that's not, it yeah it's not it's not using sd cards all the time no no i mean <clears throat> i suppose a pack of film is you know 15 to 16 pounds now yeah um <clears throat> the uh you know the there was also the the, the sort of the cultural thing that had happened with Polaroid, which was this amazing corporation, went into bankruptcy. Yeah. It, you know, the fact they closed their factories. Um, there was this guy called Florian Caps who was working sort of in uh, Germany or Austria or Holland somewhere, and he was terrified or horrified by this this sort of this prospect of Polaroid going because he's a yes. huge analog fan. Uh, and he, um, you know, he set out to rescue what was left of Polaroid. And as it happened, there was a, um, a, a factory in Holland that he was able to sort of buy and take over. And, um, you know, they started this uh, replacement for, for Polaroid called the Impossible Project. Yep. And the Impossible Project was so named after uh, the Ansel Adams uh, st- sort of quote if you like of you know nothing i will butcher it now but it's you know essentially nothing's worth doing unless it's impossible yes um but he he um he had a genuine passion for for resurrecting the film but the trouble was that the you know essentially the chemicals that were used in polaroid were highly dangerous so they were banned and um they had to recreate it from scratch so they they even had um, you know, they had film a, speci- a specific film early in, in the early days called Fade to Black, which which would fade to black. Yeah. So you took a photograph and it would fade. Yeah. Um, but pe- people loved it. People bought bought it, and it sort of enabled yeah. the the funding to carry on. So, yeah. um, uh, without rambling much more, because um, <laughs> because it, it, it's a long it's a long and complicated process. Uh, the Impossible Project film was stuff I used to use. I used to use uh, a lot of Polaroid film. Yes. I created this sort of massive stuff. And then a, a friend of mine one day who knew I was you know, obviously obsessed with this stuff and knew I was uh, looking for the next thing said, well, why don't you go for your fellowship at the Royal Photographic Society with 
um, with this sort of Polaroid thing. Yeah. And I thought, good Lord, I hadn't even thought about that. But then, because I, th I didn't think there were anything, you know, in a way, I, I suppose I treated them quite glibly. Yeah. But they, they, you know, essentially they are filmic, they're photographic. Um, so there's a whole sort of, uh, there's a whole reason why I should go for it. But, yes. Um, he, um, he persuaded me to, uh, I went for it and then I went through this, you know, the, the process of getting a fellowship is not easy. It's not yeah. meant to be easy. No. Uh, it took a few goes. Each go tends to be separated by six months and you kind of have to, you, you get even more obsessed and you get yeah. even more perfectionist about it. Absolutely. And then, and then eventually uh, I became a fellow of the Royal Photographic Society and then I thought, oh God, what next? <laughs> what do you do now? Yeah. Yeah. And as it happened, it was a sort of an off chance conversation with uh, Greg from Kozu Books, books yeah. that then led to the first walk topographies. And, and that was a, a great experience. I mean, in my, in my given distant past, I've worked in publishing. I've been a book cover designer. I've designed insides of books. But this was a case where I actually left it to him to sort out. Right. If, you know, give or take the odd you know i'd really like to have that one in there and this one in here yes most most of it was was kind of sorted by him uh and we did sort of like interesting things like this was the first kozu book i think that had been um other you know had, had been a larger format so this yeah was it was because up until that point he'd largely done the landscape editions and, yeah yeah, yeah which was sort of i suppose, A5 I suppose they were yeah. a five-ish yes quite small um, and he, little did I know that it was, I'd like to think I was the precursor to uh, Ben Horn and, and Paul Kenny Adam and Gunshin Ray and Adam indeed. Gibson and all, all, the, all the people who've covered my coattails. Yes. Don't worry, they're, they're all fantastic. Um, and, and, you know, literally the, you know, we, we, we were sort of going, going along with it and, and it was sort of quite hard to believe. Having said that, I have actually that's actually my second book because my first one was uh, uh, a book all about Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom, which right. um, I did many years ago with um, a company called Focal Press. But uh, that was a that was sort of self-authored and quite yeah. and I wouldn't recommend it. Um, <laughs> but this this was this was great, and it was lovely working with Craig. Um, we did things like you know the. the the cover had a lovely lamination on it. Yeah. We used end papers. Yeah, um, the, the green end papers in your book yeah. really are a lovely touch. Yeah, and it was it was you know specific you know there was a nice color chart to choose from of uh, yeah. I think it was G F Smith papers which are yeah. you know a well known paper manufacturer and it was quite nice you know trying to think well well what impression do you want to give and yes because I'm a designer in my everyday life it's quite interesting to you know to go back to books from, you know, I'm a, I'm a digital designer, I suppose, but go to go back to books uh, from a, from a distance of, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 years, can't remember how yep. long now. Uh, uh, and, and think about all these, these processes again. Yeah. And, uh, all the and it was great because the, yeah, the, the, the book sold out, um, you know, people, people seem to love it. Yeah. Um, which is all, you know, as an artist is all you can, ever hope for really because, absolutely yeah yeah and uh and then you know over the over the intervening periods i've carried on with making warp topographies i've worked on other um other projects i've become quite obsessed with things like a a local pond that is very grotty yeah and um uh, but just somehow every time i think there's no there's nothing more here keeps uh keeps keeps giving giving. Yeah. yeah, and so also yeah. you know all sorts of other projects in in in, yep. in the meantime. Yeah. So yeah. So your your new book, which is a uh, warp topographies number two, um, it is already sold out. I think it's sold out within a couple of days, perhaps. Yeah, yeah four um, days. It's, um, that was a shock actually because I put in um, a, a sort of pre-order period of you know several like weeks, two weeks or whatever, and. Uh, wasn't really necessary <laughs> no. but no but oh yeah it's it's i've i'm fortunate to have a a, a very a preview copy here so i can actually feel it and see it and 
the, the body of work really does work very, very well together. Um, obviously, it's it's a some, same process as what you were doing in terms of behind the work for your first book, which you did with uh, Greg. Obviously, this book you uh, you went down the route of self-publishing. So, how how was the experience different for you this time when you're having to do the design work yourself and you're maybe having to make the choices for papers, uh, the covers, all all the the details that you had assistance from before, um, whereas this time, in fact, you're you're relying very much on your own on your own views and your own decision making process. Mm. It's, a, it's a good question because I I really really admired this sort of move generally to sort of small publishers doing doing things. So whilst Kozu is a is a printer, you know, Greg is Greg is yep. part of Wells Wells uh, Wells. Printing press, I think they're called. Well, uh, yeah. Funnily enough, I think I used to use them years ago when I worked in publishing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was probably not not you know he was probably a small boy at the time. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know people like Ian Sargent and uh, you know Joe Wright, who've all all produced books, and I've I've been on a course with um, Eddie Ephraims and Joe Wright to do handmade books. And yes. Funnily enough, I've not actually made one myself, but I have actually got my help my son with his A-level photography, and he managed yeah. to uh, to do really well with that um, because he wanted to he wanted to do a handmade book, and therefore yeah. I was able to pass the pass life down through the generation, um, which was which was really love really lovely, and it's great to see you know him in, him enjoying it because he had to go off and obviously Me, make yeah. the final yes. thing. Um, and I just admired, you know, I've, I've admired Kozu because they've, you know, they works with some fantastic photographers. Greg is a great guy. He's really yeah. supportive. Ian, similarly, you know, I've, I've, I know enough photographers who've published with yeah. Ian and, and Ian's done a fantastic job of this, you know, this niche. Yeah, he does it really niche well. Publi- niche publishing that, that, you know, it's not, it's not sort of like going to be, random house or penguin or any of these massive things it's not meant to be it's meant to just be these these small things and i i suppose it probably kindled a bit of fire of my past and made me think well you know i've I've still got i've still got all the skills i've still got the software i can i can i can do this sort of thing um and some something i suppose because it's a lockdown during lockdown and lockdown project and I've had two or three lockdown projects, personal projects. Haven't we all? Yeah, one well, including including uh, Bibi Escapes, and uh, uh, you know I've got a cricket site on the go, which is going to take take forever. But luckily, the weather is so bad now that you've got you know, more time. I'll, I'll probably be able to. And then, um, and then I just suddenly started thinking about well, maybe maybe there's a, another book in this because I you know it's been a couple of years of still creating images and, yes. and trying yep. and trying and trying slightly different things from the original book the original book had a lot of um what i call hand manipulated polaroids okay yeah um the, the latest one has more chemical i feel like chemical polaroids chemical, and, chemically enhanced yeah it's chemically enhanced and a you know with, without using any uh, illegal drugs yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's um it's really that sort of I suppose it's just would it be nice to encapsulate this and yep. you know not not make my fortune or anything like that but just but just produce something that because there were there were enough people who missed out last time or we've come across the work in fact I've had messages from a few people who uh, managed to snip it up snap it up snap it up this time yep. um, uh, who missed out last time either through just getting there or, or sort of um, not even knowing about it in the, in the first place or just coming across it in the last couple of years. Yeah. And I just got to thinking, well, why not do it myself? Um, I then had a uh, conversation with my uh, sort of my bubble, which is tends to be my wife and my son. Uh, we were on, on our way down to Brighton because he was um, picking up the last of his stuff from his university course now, which wasn't anything to do with photography, but yep. um, it was, you know, following on from his A-level. Um, and, we were talking about, I, talk, I said, you know, I'm thinking of doing this and, uh, and he was really encouraging and uh, as, was, as was my wife and, we, you know, it was all about, you know, 
the, the golden question I think with these things is is uh, you know what to charge and how to you know what what sort of uh, how, you know how big to make it you know all the sort yeah, of the, 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 the yeah the detail yeah. in points how big do you make it how big a run do yeah. you make it how many how many pages should it have all yeah. the all the detailed aspects and then yeah as you say how much do you charge for it will it, is it at a price point that people will buy is it too cheap is it too expensive it, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any right or wrong way. And I think uh, particularly over the lockdown, we've seen, or certainly I've seen a lot of people bringing out zines, books, etc. Mm. And I think when you look at them, I don't think there's any right way. You, you see a whole variety from yeah. very small to much bigger and from very cheap up to far more expensive. And um, I don't think there's any right or wrong way, but it, it's great to see so many people produce them and, and yeah. produce yeah, them and for I've, work. I've, I've bought a few myself and yeah. bought a few, um, you know, a few of the uh, Ian Sargent's latest kind of project. Yeah, the Fuel the Notes series. Guide, yeah. Field yeah. Notes, yeah. And, um, and also, you know, there were things like, you know, artists who were doing prints as part of the um, artist's... Pledge. Pledge, that was yeah. it. I was uh, going to say yeah. artist swap, but it's artist's pledge. Um, you know, and there was, there was some amazing kind of work that was produced yeah. as a result of that. Yeah. So yeah, talking specifically about the book, there's a lovely there's a lovely feel to to it. Um, how did you decide on what paper types and the, and the detailed points, which I think many people, when they're maybe thinking about publishing their book, they think, oh, how heavy is this paperweight? How light's that paperweight? Mm. What's the feel of this? What's the feel of that? Do I go for something that's laminated? Do I go for something that's silk down, one coated, etc. Um, because certainly having having your book, which is 36 pages from memory, um, there's a really nice feel to it and there's a lovely texture, particularly to the cover. And the inner pages do feel a lovely weight. I think they're slightly heavier than maybe some other zines are. And also the, the colour reproduction from what I can see is certainly first class. Um, obviously, you'll know what the colour should appear like, but I'm assuming that there was a bit of work required to make sure that um, all the colours came out as you wanted. Yeah, so I, I um, there was a, there was a really sort of interesting set of um, decisions to make. So there's there's the artistic one, there's the economic one, yep. and there's the aesthetic one. So. I think I fairly early on decided it should be a square format. Um, the Warp Topographies One uh, by yeah. Kozu was was okay. a portrait format. Can't remember the exact dimensions. I know you've got a copy of you sort of sh not quite A4, shorter than A4. No. Yeah. Um, uh, but I decided to go for square. I mean, most of the images are well, all the images are square, bar one, which was cropped to square. Or square. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that, that that kind of was the, if you like, the first stage. First stage. Um, then there was some um, thinking in terms of uh, who might print it. Um, that was, yeah. you know, that was an interesting one. I mean, I, I suppose in hindsight, I could have probably spoken to, to to Greg and see if he would, yep. he, would he would sort of just print it. Yeah. Um, but I, I I almost wanted to sort of just try things and just try something different. So yeah, I, yep. I, uh, I took some advice from Guy Dickinson, who uh, is tracing silence on yes. Instagram and possibly Twitter. Um, yep. And he, because he, he produces quite a lot of books. Yeah, so really I mean, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's quite prolific in that sense. And um, so I chatted to him about what, where he recommended and he, he put me in touch with um, uh, an online printer and, it, and it's a sort of reasonably simple process of once you've got the file if you like and you just have to upload the pdfs yeah. you've got to be a bit sort of um sort of you've got to be quite picky about how you name them and where you put them because it's the soft the software is a bit sort of like you have to upload and it has to be right yeah you have to it's, not, the yes, it's not very forgiven yeah and you get you get a sort of a um a set of if you like levers to play with so you can choose obviously the size of the book and i think originally i was thinking of 24 pages 
and then thought, well, you know, I've got, I've got enough for 36. I probably had enough for more, but I just, yeah, you know, always leave them wanting more as well. So absolutely. <laughs> you know, who knows? They may, yep, they may be a, a third a three wonder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's sort of, yeah. So I, I think I, I kind of went from 24 to 36 just to sort of make it feel a little bit more substantial. Yeah. Um, it obviously has a heavier feel than the field notes from yes. um, uh, Sargent and another place press. Um, so I wanted to go for quite a luxurious cover. They give you the option, you know, they give you paper options. They give you paper yep. weight options. Yep. They give you um, sort of lamination options. Uh, in the end, uh, you know, the, the interior pages were all on 170 GSM silk paper. Yeah. Um, which is funny in a way because I, whenever I've printed them as, as prints on a printer, they've always been on mat. I've never printed on a silk or even yeah. gloss or anything yeah. like that. Um, and these sorts, these sorts of decisions are probably the hardest, the hardest of the lot because you're trying to, you know, in this case, I wasn't a hundred percent sure whether they would come out well on silk. Yeah. Um, as it happens, I think they, they, they've come out really well. Yeah. Um, and I wanted the cover especially to be heavyweight and feel luxurious. And I think the whole, the whole thing was to try and make it feel like a luxurious object that yes. people would, you know, be willing to pay for. It wasn't, you know, hopefully going to be, you know, so expensive that puts people off, you know, yeah. it's, it's got essentially it had to fit in the market. Yeah. Um, having said that, I had like a 40 minute, um, uh, lecture. No, I won't say lecture because that's, that's not. <laughs> truly fair for my son on the way down to uh down to his pulling out of university yep. in brighton where he was sort of saying you need to charge more because it's worth more and it yeah. it's like this is the, probably the hardest aspect of it is the what you know, charge? where it is in the yeah where it is in the market the the aesthetics the um yeah the economics are a part of it because it's not just about printing the yeah. book it's, it's about all the other bits that go with it as well yeah so uh you know i was quite sort of quite diligent in in costing stuff out and you know what would the book cost what would the book cost to deliver as well in terms yeah. of delivery to me let alone delivery to the you the, know there's postage yeah the customer there's, env there's envelopes there's bits of card that go in it yeah. there's you know uh yeah there's the postage which um as i was saying to you before the podcast started you can do printing on demand from royal mail but you can only do them 10 at a time yeah. so that's it's it's a bit painful you can't yeah. repeat and duplicate and <laughs> yeah and when, like when you've got 50 to send out it takes you a wee bit longer than you otherwise yeah. hope it would do luckily uh, where i live we have one of these uh, post post boxes where you can kind of it's more like a bin and you can just uh, put, put them in on, and, yeah. and, and, and they go yeah. in so you know i you know, even you know, even those sorts of things are sort of within it. And then yeah. you, you know, in terms of uh, buying labels, so I've got two different types of labels because there's the label for the postage, but there's the label for the for the ever hopeful. Please do not bend. Um, uh, some of them are going overseas, so there's always that possibility. So yeah, there's there was a real sort of you know balance of balance of factors in in trying to get the costs. You know, work out whether it's economical. I mean, uh, I think we were talking the other day about a uh, a book, and you know, when you when you costed, you know, I, I could I could sort of roughly cost what he, yes. he must have done to produce it, and you know, you're not making much money. No, so so there's the whole there's the whole sort of ethical question of you know how much money do you make or should you make money or are yeah. you doing it to get the yeah. work out there? Yeah, and I think I suppose because there's there was already a, a first. Yeah, uh, first book. There was, there was, there was a, a sort of raison d'etre for doing it. And, yeah, yeah, and, I, I, yeah, I think every, yeah. everyone has got their, everyone has got very different reasons for doing so. And yeah. um, as you say, there's a market for everyone, and it's just making sure that your book you feel sits in the correct position in the market, and which I think you've yeah. obviously done on the basis that uh, it uh, sold out so quickly. Um, I'm sure yeah. a few, few disappointed. You know, again, you, you 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 launch these things, and I mean, there was a, yeah. there was even I even had to think in terms of, oh, there's got to be a social media campaign, 
uh, I'm not on Facebook anymore, so there was no social media from Facebook. So it was yep. just Instagram and Twitter, uh, Instagram and Twitter, and and then a few people at work as well, who uh, who seem to be loyal supporters, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, and you know, so you, you know, there's the countdown to launch. There's the launch, and 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 then it goes. So so what I did partly because this was a, a new process, a new printer. Yep. I got some. I got some. Uh, well, I had a, I had a very helpful person called Ewan Ross. I, I don't know who he is now, but you know he's a, he's a, he's a wonderful person. So I, Dodgy character. We we uh, we talked we talked through it a bit. Uh, I used I used you as a sounding board, and you know so so you had some idea of of what this was about, and you you know you gave valuable feedback in uh, on PDFs and, and things like that, and yeah, and then uh, I got some test prints, uh, not test prints, test books done. Uh, from this thing and they came out incredibly well so there was a uh, one of your other bits of the question was there was a process to this was that um, when you when you send off the file so essentially it was designed in uh, Adobe InDesign Um, it's exported as a PDF Um, it's exported as individual pages as a PDF and then you can upload it to this thing and you have as I said you have to be careful about naming naming things correctly um, but I got some, you know, I got like five copies done just to see what the printing was like. If it had been one copy, it's obviously, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's per copy, it's really expensive. Yes. But I thought five would be sort of like a good test of, uh, consistency along the print run. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah not, not, it's only ten, <laughs> my print runs only 10 times more, but yeah. it also gives me a, a feel for it, you know, is what's the printing like? So then, yep. then I have to, then you have to con, you convert the uh, RGB original images, which are all from scans and then yep. worked up in Photoshop. Yeah. Um, they have to be converted to CMYK. Now the, the details on the website are quite scant, um, but they kind of have a sister website where they give loads of more loads more information. So I, I used the proofing techniques that were recommended on that side. And I also, because of the experience I'd had uh, from publishing many years ago, I I kind of knew that, you know, the, the big problem with CMYK conversion from RGB is that CMYK flattens everything down. It looks, you know, uh, in terms of uh, gamut, yeah. which is the, the big word. RGB has got a massive gamut. CMYK has got a quite small gamut. Yeah. Uh, and it's, so it's important to sort of work out the differences and what it might be. So you kind of have to rely on your screen, which has been calibrated, but it's a, it's a good quality um, iMac screen. And, yeah. and you know, I, 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 I've printed things onto my printer and I know they come out right. So I, I felt fairly confident in terms yes. of it's reproductive uh, qualities. It's more about, you know, then making the translation. Now, years ago, I used to do this a lot. So again, there was um, there was a sort of a, a knowledge that I had to unearth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sort of memory banks uh, and sort of work out, you know, sometimes you had to boost the saturation or boost the curve, you know, change the curves, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. to get that sort of zing back into yeah. something that would get very flat. Yeah. Um, so I did did my test prints, did my test books. Um, they came back and they were really good. I mean, the, the quality was. I was actually sort of um, slightly speechless, which, as you can tell, will be a rare thing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, when they came back, because I thought, wow, they they've really come out well. They, you yeah. know, the, the quality of reproduction was was first line. Really, yeah, and I, I've had a couple of things where I've had a couple of magazines magazine articles printed where because I didn't know the CMYK values of the, you know, that the printer was using, they've come out a bit flat and yes. you know, these images need to sing and they need to be yeah. vibrant in a yeah. vibrant, but not obviously massively saturated, but they are, yeah. they are quite something when you, when you, when you see them sort of printed and printed big. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I got the test. They came back beautifully. Um, and then I sent one to you, um, which you have. And, I do. Um, you also gave me some feedback, which was really valuable because I think, again, you can, like all 
like all design projects, you can you can if you like conceptualize your world. I've been watching a lot of Bob Ross on BBC Four at the moment, who is some old uh, American hippie who used to teach people how to paint the, called The Joy of Painting. And there's these old series and he always goes about, it's your world or whatever you want to do with it. Uh, and essentially it is sort of a, a world of, you know, you yeah. can get into the, your own bubble within the bubble, within the lockdown bubble. Um, and you, you, you kind of don't necessarily see the wood from the trees. So it's really valuable to have not only family feedback, although you have to be careful that family just say, oh yeah, it's wonderful. Yes. But somebody who somebody who can look at it reasonably dispassionately and say, oh, have you thought about this? And you, you came up with some great suggestions and, you know, I, I, I felt fairly confident in most of my image Choices. placement and, and the pace of the book and things like that. I sort of feel that I'm, I can get 90% of the way there on my own, but that extra 10%, you know, was provided by somebody like you where you said, oh, maybe this one doesn't quite work. And, and also my wife is pretty, pretty good at these things. She's yeah. been to art college and she's a designer. And so she, you know, instinctively can sort of say that's rubbish. In fact, during my fellowship panel, there was one particular image that I hadn't included. And she said, where's that image? And I said, oh, I left it out because it didn't quite fit. She said, no, it goes there. Yeah, and she was so right, you know. Yeah. She just she just knew it and saw it. And yeah, you, so, you yeah. When you're looking at it from an external point of view, you, as I've said, uh, as I've said to other people, you don't have the emotional attach attachment to yeah, to the totally. work. So you're really looking at it with a very fresh pair of eyes. And mm. you certainly when I when we obviously talked about it, as, as I always say, it's it's just my view. It's only what I see. It's mm. not necessarily to say that I'm right, in fact, 99% of the time, I'm most definitely not, but it just lets you see how someone else sees it when you're looking at it very afresh and everyone sees very different things. What flows well for one person doesn't necessarily flow for another. And it can also just be some of the, the smaller, final, finer detail and just a, such a spacing between text on a page or the way some fonts appear on some other pages that mm. when you, when I think when you've looked at something for so long and it doesn't need to be a book, it could be anything that you're looking at, you begin to see what I think you want to see as opposed to necessarily seeing what's actually on, on the page or on the screen. And uh, as you say, I think, yeah, it's value invaluable to get uh, input from, from others who, um, who, who, whose advice you can kind of take, take on board and hopefully improve the the final output in the body of work yeah yeah because i think this you know I, I find this in my digital design world as well is that there's um you know as i said you can you can get caught up in the thing you're doing um and then somebody comes along and says oh what about so and so and you think oh yeah didn't think of that because yeah. because you know because stuff and, and and you know the i think the whole thing is that uh uh, a piece whatever it is whether it's uh, a website whether it's an app whether it's a whether it's a book whatever it's always yep. enhanced by a, you know a critical eye even if it's you know it could you know there's a difference obviously between constructive and destructive absolutely yeah but, but if you know and, it, and it's really it's really important when you're doing these things to be open to feedback i mean during during the actual you know, uh, run of doing the warp topographies. That's the thing I think I really learned as I was doing it was that I'd talk about the work because people would ask about it or would, yep. <laughs> they'd ask how I am and they'd get 20 minutes on yeah. Polaroid, Polaroid manipulation techniques, which I'm sure they loved. Um, but even, but just that thing of listening sometimes to what somebody would say about them. Um, there was a particular bit where I was going through a slight impasse not quite sure what, whether I was pushing the stuff far enough or, or yeah. where the next thing would go. And I was chatting to somebody on the train on the way to work and, and he, he sort of slightly misinterpreted actually what I was talking about and sort of started talking about layering things. And I suddenly thought, oh God, I've never tried that. I wonder if I could try that in, in Polaroids of, yeah. of using layers of things. And so there was a month of diversion of creating yep. some things like that. And I think there's one, there's one in the book as well. So, um, and you know, and uh, 
Paul Kenny, for example, he, he was a great encourager of of the project as well. And he would ask questions every so often, yeah. um, which is one of the, the great things he does where he'll just say something and you just, you go away and sort of, in a lovely way, curl up into a ball and think, oh no, what have I, have what I, have I done? I, my, my whole life is meaningless because yeah. he's asked a really useful question. Um, and in this case was, he, he sort of said, you know, uh, you know, I love them, but, what are you putting of yourself in there? And I, I think I think it took me it's well, it probably took me three months to sort of really really think about that and analyze it. And yeah. it was such a such a great comment, but it was like at the time it was when I heard it, I thought it was scary and devastating. It was like, but surely surely I am putting myself Yeah, in. surely it's isn't obvious. Yeah. And and uh but but that's the thing. I mean I'm I'm perhaps not a natural artist, although you know, I'm yeah, like 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 everyone who's on these journeys, I'm I'm trying trying to be more artistic. But you know, you'd say somebody like Paul Kenny is is an artist, and he's come from a fine art background, uh, and though those words were were sort of so powerful, yeah, and that's an that's an amazing thing to be able to do. And again, it's born of yeah years of years of having been through the system but also of constantly being critical of his own work absolutely know? yeah indeed. Um, so I, th I think it the hardest thing i think for a lot of people they take criticism and they ruffle and they they get sort of defensive and it's the easiest thing to do it's so easy to get defensive absolutely. rather than to sort of go Absorb away it. and yeah. quietly ponder yeah. stuff so you know yeah, it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean anyone's correct, but it, it just gives it gives you food mm. for thought and just pause, and you may take on some of the, the the comments, but the comments may also lead to improvements elsewhere that yeah. just, just yeah. make. You I mean, I think there's there is a, you know there's a there's also a fine line between the continual improvement because you can yeah you know, the, in my work. my digital design work I you know there are deadlines and you know there's a certain point where you however much of a perfectionist you are about things you've got to stop you've got to stop because you can't you know i always liken it to doing an exam where you do you know you you can gain loads of marks you know yeah. so there's a, if there are 30 marks in an exam you can get 25 really quickly but those last five percent are much time, much yeah. and you have to balance you know what yeah. time have i got left in my exam versus this yeah um Although having said that with the warp topographies too, um, beyond, you know, a few tweaks, um, parts, you know, some of which you, you uh, said, and I thought, yeah, he's totally right. You know, I, you know, I'm not yep. quite, not quite got this bit right. Yep. Not yep. Got that right by. Um, and a couple of things that I, you know, thought of myself, you know, yep. oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, what is what's the final the, the final version shipping near you um is uh is not a million miles away from what Where was produced yeah and and actually the, the whole process of designing and, and from from you know coming up with the idea and yeah talking through finance and economics and <laughs> everything yeah to pay and all, all the rest and the, and the actual um sort of designing and making of the book was was pretty quick. I mean it was probably under under a couple of weeks, I mean yeah. maybe ten days. But would um, you would you definitely benefit from from your previous and from your experience in design and Yeah, definitely. I mean I know I know there are you know there are other photographers, you know, I was speaking to one the other day and he said, Oh no, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. know about designing books. But you know, and I, and it's not for everybody. And in a way you know, I, I know I've got skills in that sense, or at least yeah. some attention to skills. So almost this is a, you know, I cheekily called this method photo press yeah. um, on the basis of that maybe that means there will be more books and it doesn't have to just be by me, it could be by somebody else. Absolutely. And, it, and it's that sort of thing of, you know, I, I, can, I can help yeah. uh, in the same way that Ian and uh, Greg and, and all the other publishers can help because they've all got this sort of, passion for books they know they know how to do it and, and they've got a design design yeah well. yeah so moving on i know you uh, like to purchase 
the odd book yourself as well. So are there maybe two or three photo books that um, are particular favourites or ones that you particularly like to look at for inspiration um, amongst your uh, many bookshelves? Yeah, I don't know if I can quite compare with you. Um, <laughs> because the, the doyen of... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you have so many you made a website out of it my god that's a that's, a, yeah. that's an amazing thing um i mean number one would be um sea works by paul, paul Kenny, Kenny. yeah because um i mean I'm, i've been a huge fan of paul's for years i um you know i i i, I know i'm lucky enough to know him i'm lucky lucky enough to hear some of his uh, Spotify playlists that he bumps my way sometimes and they're always quite, they're always really good and really challenging and interesting. Um, but also his work is, to me, is the epitome. And in fact, just over my right shoulder on the wall, there's a Paul Kenny and on my left, there are two Paul Kennys. You know, he, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of his work. And, but I think the book was, was, uh, was fantastic. And he's since produced Ohanami with, um, with Kozu as well yeah. and they're, they're both great nice. books yeah. and they they show his they show his commitment his process his um his sort of you know it's this very slow burn and, and this is i think partly what attracted me and, and, and there was some relevance with warp topographies that my my warp topographies can take weeks sometimes months to produce you know his images take minimum of a month you know, yeah, it's yeah, like you know, a, you're in there for the long term. It's not. It's not a simple. Yeah, it's not. There's no quick wins. No, and, and but but what what comes out of you know his mind and his wanderings on the she seashore and his yeah. his being snowed in and in uh, Northumberland, sort of you know they're just beautiful works of art and, and you know when you see them printed as well. He used to use Jack Lowe. He's yeah. obviously doing his own thing now with the light, lighthouse, lighthouse light, well, light, 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 lifeboats, lifeboats. That's it. That's um, it. Project. I mean, that, which is an amazing labor of love in itself. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, you know, I'm mean, I'm just in awe of the the, the work that is produced with yeah. from Paul, and he, you know, he he knows it because I tell him <laughs> frequently. Um, uh, I think mean, it kind of gets, it's hard because, uh, you know, there are so many, we both, we both love our photo books. My wife yeah. probably despairs of my love of photo books. I don't know if she always does, but um, I, uh, in fact, one, one was, um, was caused, caused by you, I'm going to say. I'm blaming you entirely for uh, Bright Black World by Todd Hyder. Yes. Which, um, I think we got it as sort of an expensive but because you, you mentioned it to me and I thought, oh yeah, no, that, that, that's one I wanted. Um, <clears throat> we got it at a reasonable price because I think you, you spied that within a, like a week of us buying it and got it's, up in price. Yes, yes, <laughs> significantly more expensive now, but uh, yeah, mm. not, not, not a cheap book, but a beautiful book. Yeah, and it's not, it's, again, it's not particularly photography I would necessarily go out and do, yeah. but I still can admire and love the yes. production of it and and the, and the sort of the well the format. I mean, it's a big. It's quite a big book. It's, it's a big. It's a big book, and the foldouts of it. Yeah. Are, they make some of uh, Paul Kenny's Sea Works foldouts seem quite small. To yeah, be perfectly yeah. honest. But uh, yeah, it's a big book, and uh, it's really praised. I think that one is, which again is just very nicely printed. Uh, yeah. And a yeah, nice publication. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> My third one would be, it's, it's a real sort of an interesting, you know, much more abstract um, book by an American photographer called Megan Ripenoff, I think, I think that's how right. you pronounce it. Um, and it's, it's actually two books in one. All right. So it's a, it's a big hard, hardback book that is also backed with another book. And it's quite oh, difficult. Right. To, I suppose if you, if you look at it, you would, you would open it like a normal book and then you get to a point where you'd have to flip it over and then you go through the next bit. It's, ah, right. I think it's okay. called Equinom, but it's mm -hmm. got another name as well because it's essentially the two books yeah. in one. Uh, and she, um, you know, I, I suddenly, I can't remember how I became aware of her work, but she does large format 
um, sea-based cyanotypes. Now, it sounds like I'm going to go, you know, too many of my loves are of <laughs> sea. Yes. Yep. Having, having done a pond water-based project, um, I quite like water, I suppose. Um, she also has fold-outs within the book, so there's, yeah. there's yeah. all three books so far have, have fold-outs. Big fold-out pages, <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, but it is, it is just a very beautiful uh, yeah. beautiful book of uh, these cyanotypes and, and the, the richness and the colour. There's, you know, essentially, I suppose, uh, photographic, you know, receptive photographic paper is put into the sea. And, yep. uh, and I, I know one of our, um, one of our UK based photographers, uh, Marianne, uh, she also works in that, uh, yeah, in that field. And, yep. you know, I utterly love her work as well because it's, <clears throat> you know, she's, she, she works in, she works on beautiful prints, but also beautiful books as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have yet to buy, but we'll one day, one day get there. That's it, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that, that's a sort of cross-section of three, but I mean, the sorts of things I, I buy are, are probably reasonably eclectic. I mean, I've got eclectic. Yeah. Um, I've got some William Eggleston, I, I, you know, whilst his, you know, he, in a way, his his photography even now is still slightly contro controversial amongst you know lots of photographers because they think, you know, it's a nothing. I don't know. Maybe it's something because I love the film like with Nell and I, which is essentially a film about not much happening. Yeah. Um, there's something. Uh, there's something about the photography of this nothingness. Of this what seems like random, but is actually produced. But there's also the the colour and the beauty of that. Um, I love his work. Um, I like, but perhaps not quite as much as you as Michael Kenner's, <laughs> some of Michael Kenner's work. Um, I know you have a particular love and obsession of his. I, you know, I have a, a, a few books of his. I, I really like it. Um, I'm trying to think of, there's a couple of others that do warrant a mention. My, my mind is beginning to go blank, uh, <clears throat> which is a shame because, uh, there are, there are, there are so, yeah, there are so <laughs> many books out there that are constantly mm. published that, um, yeah, it's, there's always something to appeal to everyone's unique, unique. Yeah, take. and I think I think um, you and I both subscribe to the Beyond Words mailing Please. list and the yeah. uh, photo photo book. Work, yeah, photo, photo bookstore. Book yeah, they're so dangerous because you just see things that Very are much amazing. So. Yeah. I think I think the other there are two other. As I, I'd almost mentioned, um, one is Illumine, which is by Gary Fabian Miller. Um, and again, his work is something I would never veer to, but it's quite yep. abstract. Yep. He uses photographic paper and uses light and he uses um, sort of coloured coloured things yep. to create these uh, amazing, quite, I would say meditative prints um and illuminates quite a good retrospective of his work and you know that's quite nice it's like a greatest hits in in yeah. some ways but it gives a lot of uh, explanation of you know how he produces his work and, very good, yeah. um, and, and the fact that essentially his work possibilities are running out because he can no longer get the um super chrome paper to produce his print right okay there's a fun, yeah. i mean he may have even hit the pretty much the last batch or last box by now which is which is what a, you know that's quite a sort of a it's quite tragic in a way when you've built a, a career yeah. out yeah. of something and it you know, stops yeah and then um i've sort of uh slowly Perhaps come to terms, not come to terms with it. That's one, one thing to say. Uh, come to appreciate Susan Derge's work. Yeah. Um, again, she works on sort of, if you like, alternative photo processes. So she will put put um, paper into rivers and use the moonlight to expose images on them, which oh, is right. like. Yeah, slightly mind blowing at times, but you know she'll get she'll get the patterns of water, she'll get um, trees reflection, you know reflections yep. of trees in the water, or projections perhaps they are uh, tadpoles, all sorts of things. Um, I see, I've seen a couple of her um, prints at 
Photo London and an exhibition, uh, whatever the gallery is near South Kensington, can't remember what it is, Purdy Hicks, I think it's called. Right. Um, and they're amazing, they're amazing objects and such beautiful things. And so I might butcher the title again, but I think it's something like River, it's called, it's called River <laughs> something. Oh, you know, unfortunately, it's in the other room, not here. Um, um, but, but her work is, is truly amazing. But I mean, there's, there's all sorts. I mean, I like Jim Southam, I like John Blakemore. And they're, yeah. they're all, you know, I, I think there's that eclectic set of photographers of stuff that yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do, but can appreciate. Absolutely, um, yeah. You can appreciate the body yeah. of work that some other one, someone else has put yeah. together themselves. I mean, I think my work tends to be more abstract generally. Yeah. Um, I'm always you know, keener on that sort of slightly less representational um, view, but I yeah. like the landscape, I like the land, I like walking, I like, yeah. and I like revisiting, you know, my 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 pond project that's been going yes. on for quite a few years is all about going to the same pond yeah. and seeing, essentially seeing what changes. And I've got uh, two and a half years worth of images from there. A book in it? could be a book uh it, it's sort of been a very small book already but you know just like a blurb book to see yes. what it'd be like. yeah but uh it hasn't been sort of widely distributed but um you know just 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 that thing of exploring the same place seeing the changes seeing the um seeing seeing just life going on you know wildlife yep. basically going on uh i still think of a particular saturday when I was at this pond, which is very small and very grotty. Um, and there was a heron there and he, he looked wary at first, but <clears throat> we somehow came to some sort of uh, man, man, animal. Gentleman's understand. agreement. <laughs> yeah, no, in a way, I assume, I assume he, he was a gentleman, he may not have been. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, he, he carried on doing his thing, I carried on doing my thing, which including taking photos of him. Uh, or them, um, and uh, you know, I, I, it, it was great because there was this sort of extra dimension to this, as I said, this small pond. So I, I spent ages trying to do that, and I think, yeah, there's something there, definitely. Um, Good. Who knows? Maybe, maybe even we'll see. Maybe we'll see next year. <laughs> maybe even a handmade book or, or something. Uh, something. Yeah, the, the, I keep <laughs> saying. And I think I may have said it to you. I must. I must do that. Yeah. Um, I think every I think Maybe. everyone's the same when they go on their course on workshops to do them. It's it's keeping the the motivation and motivation going to make them because they can be time consuming and mm. there's always other things that um, you can be doing with uh, with one's time. Um, yeah, well, I think I think the you know for all the bad things that have happened during lockdown to so many people. <clears throat> where where the positives have been have been slightly more time and space yeah. to concentrate on things and i know you know a lot of my photo photographer buddies are struggling motivation wise yes. and um you know just because you know perhaps they've had they thought yeah. they were going to have an exhibition or perhaps they thought something was going to yeah. was going to happen around their work and and, and it's not it's been so so difficult but yeah I don't know. I think I think I'm so privileged in that I've been able to throughout work, lockdown work from home, but I've, it's also meant then I don't have to commute in. I can I can spend more time walking around, walking to my pond, oh, yes, um, that's or just or just walking around and experiencing yeah. the you know what what was a you know and it will be easy for easy to forget this the early bit of lockdown you know when we were really sort of lockdown. Perhaps serious, serious about it, as opposed to the slightly, uh, yeah, um, gratingly jovial way it's being treated now by some people. But um, you know, there was a slight resurgence in nature and the understanding of, you know, yeah, if you like, commuting with nature. And um, I think, I think it's sort of awakened my, not not awakened, reawakened my love, my love of it because yeah. you, you sort of. Uh, you know, I did things. I did things that I hadn't done before. I walked further, and I walked to different places, and I, I explored. Um, and 
and you just you know even just simple things like i'm lucky enough to have a reasonably big garden i could sit in the garden uh i can have my breakfast and i can hear birdsong yeah because we have a sort of reasonably quiet space around us um for london especially for london uh and it was just wonderful wonderful and it's really good it's good for mental health it's good for physical absolutely walking yeah so you know but i consider myself really fortunate because you know i know that enough people have suffered enough people yeah absolutely had the hardest and hardest of times and yeah um i'm just you know i'm just lucky um and whilst i'm charging for my my little book i do hope that people get pleasure from it and uh you know sort of realize that there's love that's gone into that and absolutely yeah well i have to say i'm looking forward to getting my official copy i'm sure by the time anyone is listening to this i've already received my official copy as well anyone else who's ordered one so uh, but on that note richard i'd like to thank you very much for your time this evening it's uh, been lovely to talk to you about all things books about warp top topographies one two maybe even warp top topographies three so uh, thank you very much richard that's all right no problem